Count us off, bro. Three, two, one. My brother Brandon, he's got depression. This is the story why. Brando, Brando. My brother Carson on bass guitar, and he is a funny guy. Carson, Carson. Unmissing person happened to my bro. Unmissing person. That's the name of our show. It's getting better. It's getting better. We got the lyrics in the right order that time. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Radio Brendo Man. I'm Brendan Creasy. And I'm Carson Crashley the Fourth. We are of relations. We're bros. We're bros. And this is a Radio Brendo Man limited series on Missing Person. That was in the intro song, weren't you listening? But this is chapter three. Boxing, Boxing Day. Day. Boxing Day. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Well, we got to recap chapter two first, which was so good that we blanked on the title. Appetite for Depression. So yeah. last week... Chatted a little bit, but went back in time, checked in with a nascent, depressed Brendo, got into his poetry. It was awesome. Junior high Brendo. Junior high Brendo. Very depressed, very nerdy. The bullying, nonstop, no fear jacket, tagged with the F word, not the fuck, the worst one. It was bad news. But that was kind of laying the roots, kind of you know showing that, hey, depression doesn't pop out of the blue. It can. But, you know, there's like a lifetime leading up to it. So we spent some time in that lifetime. But this week, we're back. It's 2020. Uh, I flew flew down. I was at Keith's house, and you decided to fly down. During the pandemic, had the ventilator mask on Southwest Island. What was your thought process? Like, why did you? Uh, I can't. We can't get into it. We can't get into Boxing Day yet, because we have to interrupt this chapter <laughs> for a special pop culture recap. Because it's not every day that you're scrolling through the algorithm, streaming, and Amazon suggested something. It's a movie. I've never heard of it. Never heard of it. Which is crazy, because we watched everything. There's a lot of movies. This is, 19, this is 1988. We were all over the movie theaters in, in 1998. 1988. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude, that was a, a great year in crazy cinema i mean mac and me was in the box office classic classic i mean beetlejuice yeah was up there who framed roger rabbit was was king but here comes 1988 and imagine this you go watch the trailer right now we'll wait just pull up the trailer vibes 1998 88 1988 sorry i just love the 90s so much 1988 and it's vibes vibes and it starts with Picture a man who's tall, dark, and psychic. And who are you picturing right now? Jeff Goldblum. Of course. And it's setting up, uh uh-oh, he's tall, dark, and psychic. It's a rom-com with adventure. Who's going to play off of him? Who's who's crushing it in, in, in the 80s at this point that would be an acceptable lead in a rom-com opposite peak handsome gold chain wearing lots of chest chest hair exposed 
Goldblum? Who 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 would you put up with him? I mean, who are the options? Uh, late eighties. Michelle Pfeiffer. Michelle Pfeiffer's an option. Uh, they're throwing Madonna in rom coms, and they got close. They probably offered it. Maybe uh, someone, maybe one of the young up and coming cuties, like a young Meg Ryan. I found out in my research that Dan Aykroyd was originally supposed to play the lead role in this. Hey, if you're aiming for Dan Aykroyd and you land on Jeff Goldblum, that's a win. But they found someone who should have been in more movies. I agree, she should have been in more movies. A, a near top of her game, Cindy Lauper. Cindy Lauper. And they are sidekicks. They're both sidekicks. Who are contracted by Colombo, by Peter Falk, to come to South America. Ecuador. Filmed on location. Yeah, filmed on location. Because it was great. Because this was like pre-internet. Like, just footage of foreign countries like that where they haven't a lot of movies was exotic. Because it's not like your cousin's trip to Argentina you're seeing it on Facebook for like the third time and all the memories. This is amazing. It was like National Geographic with rom-coms. How we never heard of this movie? I have no... Well, it, was, it wasn't out very long. It, it, it was a, It only made... I mean, I looked it up. It made a million dollars off of a $10 million budget. Ouch. Came out in August of 1988. Produced by Ron Howard. Ron Howard was involved in this. He, he had the, his fingers and everything. That redhead had his fingers in all the pots. But yeah. And <laughs> Ebert gave it one star. Critters 2 that also came out that movie made more than it. I'm Gonna Get You Sucker made more than it. Uh, it's crazy. Mac and me crushed it at the box office. This was just it just came and went. And this movie didn't suck. I liked it. It was cheesy, yeah, but it had like an all-timer dance sequence. It's great. I don't want to spoil it for you, but holy moly. And it's like this like it's almost like an X-Men movie cuz like the first scene is like all these sidekicks who have like different I love it. There wasn't like everyone in this circle of sidekicks of which Jeff Go of which Goldie is a part and Cindy Lauper, they're both sidekicks, but they each have different powers. There's the Doctor psych- Julian Sands. There's Doctor Julian Sands in there. Phantasm and arachnophobia. He's in thing. there. He's the evil one who's collecting a super team of sidekicks. Um, but some of the sidekicks can like move an ashtray. <laughs> and this one guy, they're like testing him, and he's like, Arr! Arr! and the the scientist opposite him is like trying. <laughs> he's like, should we give up? You've been doing this for like forty minutes. He's like, I'm almost there, and he moves an ashtray a quarter of an inch. And then the scientist is like, you did it! And he's like, but I also pissed my pants. <laughs> and it's like, so that's not that's not a guy you're leading with. But, you know, Cindy Lauper, she has a friend from beyond the grave. The only she can see that she talks to and gets all the great goss from. She has from. a spirit guide. She has a spirit guide. One of her quotes is like, you try finding goobers when you don't even in your own body. It's great. It's a great movie. Check out Vibes. Check out Vibes. But Jeff Goldblum... His hidden talent as a psychic is he can pick up an object and like tell where it's been. I always thought that'd be a cool power. And he knows everything about the person that touched it. I always thought it'd be cool like you could pick up like a coin from like 1939 and be like, Shh! now I'm in 1939. Um, you can spend some time there. But he it's it, it's traumatic for him because he like picks up like a murder weapon and so he sees the murderer. Less traumatic, but he's also. Getting, crime solver he's getting busy with his living girlfriend and he's 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 holding her panties and he's like oh, another man has been holding these panties you know i can tell and you know, that blows up 
leaving the door open romantically for Cindy Lauper hijinks in, in Ecuador. It's amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. Cindy Lauper said in her biography that her and Jeff Goldblum did not get along. Hmm, that's too bad. Well, anyway, a little pop culture minute. Spend some time with vibes. Maybe enjoy it with this week's unofficial sponsor, Shilling Hard Ciders. Chider. Thanks for giving me one. You don't drink. Uh. It's a. It's like a holiday cider that tastes like spice chai i don't know i like it i like it it's vegan it's got an owl on the can that looks like it'll sell you pot um it's rasta far right i don't know why he has a rasta hat on it's a little owl anyway do you want some of my cider bro sure no i don't want shit okay you're my brother you're in the bubble with me so i guess i can share my cider but anyway um Jeff Goldblum has that that gift. And so I thought for Boxing Day, this chapter, which is about <laughs> packing up your life and you got boxes here in the in the space in the Brendo Man Studios. Uh we got boxes in storage and and I pulled some stuff from the box and I figured you could do a little Jeff Goldblum from Vibes and just like, you know, you don't know what's in the box. Stop looking. You're looking right at the box. Sorry. Don't look at the box. Don't look at the box. <laughs> you're going to be surprised, and you're, you're going to tell a little story about these items that we came across, you know, packing up your life and moving up to Portland. Shall we get to it? Sure. It's a good one to start with. Oh, these two. I'm not looking. Oh, yeah. You weren't looking. Oh, that's a good one to get started. How about this? What is what, it? What can you tell me about? Oh, shit. That's about Keith. Bitch, Are You For Real? The Best of Herman, Human Tornado, Volume 1. This is not an adult film. What is this? It's a wrestling DVD that my friend Keith let me borrow that I forgot to return to him. Uh-oh. But it's um our friend, a good friend of the... Best um, friend. Saved your life. Well, Multiple no, times. Human Tornado is also my friend. You know this guy? Yes. So this is like, when a wrestler put... Is this like a self-produced... No, the, the 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 federation that he worked for, um, UEW, I think is UEW, um, put it out. So it's best of Human Tornado in versus Charming Biago Crescenso versus Mike Rain versus the Urban Juggernaut. So this is like a best of. Yeah, it's all Human Tornado's best matches in UEW. Freddie Helmuth. But Human Tornado is a good friend. You may, if you have seen the movie Nacho Libre, he was he was in the Battle Royal. He was else. 10-10-2015, <laughs> Human Tornado, ITV Championship versus Big Dick Hoss. Big Dick Hoss. What's his special move? The, I don't know. The Big Dick Slam. The Dick Hosser. But, um. He's a dick. Human Tornado was in Nacho Libre. House. And he was El Snowflake. Nacho Libre. What's the human tornado's secret move? He is Bro, bro, it's a secret. The pimp slap. Oh, okay. So he's an urban wrestler. I like it. I like it. So that's a little so you borrowed that. That's in there. What else do we get up from buying? Oh, this was nice. This is something that has a note on it. What is this? Oh, it's a CD from my friend um 
CJ. CJ. Hey, Brendo. Hey, Brendan. Figured it would be quicker just to mail this to you so you can start listening. Let me know if you're in my area sometime so we can grab a meal. And sh- this guy wants to buy you dinner. It's a lady. This lady wants to buy you dinner. What's the What's the music like? Um, it's like uh, it's like uh, rockabilly kind of. Oh, They're really good. good. If you should look them up. I, I didn't open the CD because I have it on MP3, so I had it on my phone. Okay, I was gonna say, bro, it's not open to that. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's really good. That's nice. You have you have musicians just sending you their. Well, no, the my friend bought the CD and sent it to me. Oh, okay. But she also sent me the MP3s, so or she got the MP3s. I got the MP3s. JD McPherson, check him out. He also has a Christmas album, I think. Check him out. You got boxed up. Okay, I pulled this out. Well, this this is part of it. This is something that got boxed up. Tell us about this. Well, it's a quilt that my mom made me for my birthday. Your mama made you this? Yeah, it's um, it's got it's all different comic. It's it's all the different nerd shit on one quilt. It's got like Marvel, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Big, Big Hero, Hero Six. Uh, Where did she find this? Walking fabric? Dead. Joanne, I think it. I think like Joanne Fabrics or something started selling pop culture patterns it's got walking dead on here yeah she she went to joanne's and was like have you ever what did the men with neck beards come in and and buy (laughs) and she's like great i'll take all of that had nintendo one too and i'll make one quilt what's in there it's your xbox my xbox figured we move that upstairs anyway xbox was important yeah i haven't played the 360 in a while because it's Cause I got the PS. Well, I had a PS4, but I sold it because I needed the money. So the PS4 is gone, sadly. Sadly, but I mean, having the Xbox was vital because we didn't have we internet didn't, or anything. Internet didn't have nothing. Made made entertainment hard. I mean, it's all good. we were packing up, you know. But luckily, pretty much the only thing we watched were these two things: Community and Say by the Bell. Nice. Community season one. What season is Saved by the it's Bell? The second season. Oh, second season. Community. It's got that crazy um, claymation episode. The Christmas one. Yeah, that one's awesome. I love watching Christmas. I love watching any sitcoms holiday episodes out of season. I just love that how it transports you. Give give me a give me a give me a Halloween episode from Bob's Burgers every day of the year. Bob's Burgers has great holiday episodes. Cause they know, I mean, those are those are the ones you want to. What's your favorite on. Halloween episode of a show? Favorite Halloween episode? Well, we just talked Bob's Burgers, so I mean, that'd be so unoriginal of me just to go back to that. Does the Freaky Deaky episode of Punky Brewster count? Which one? The, the one where they go in the cave? One where they go in the cave of hell. Is I'll that count a, that. As a Holly episode? It's not, but it's that still scary, scary as hell. That was a special episode. We talked about that on Radio Brendo Man a long time ago. I made Phil watch it because he didn't believe me. He did not believe me. And we watched like it. Kids, there was like a talking faces that were like turn, dogs turning the skeletons. We watched it and it still holds up as like fucked up. It's messed up. It's called man. The Perils of Punky, if you're looking for it. It's a crazy episode. There is a Halloween episode where she gets kidnapped by this lady. Like, the lady holds her hostage in her apartment because she, like, plays a trick on her. No. 
it's kind of messed up. And then, like, um, T.K. Carter has to, like, save her. Thank God for T.K. Carter. Also on Saved by the Bell. But not, not those movie. on the, the early. Good morning, Miss Bliss. And yes, we later rebranded as Saved by the Bell, Bell Junior High. Age well, we know about we Zach know about Morris's Zach Morris's trash. trash. Um, my favorite Halloween episode. It's hard to hear when my image between nineteen ninety and ninety two was cultivated I, to be. Me too. I want. I had Zach the Zach Morris, Morris step cut. People asked me if I had a cowlick because I always wore my hair in a gelled wave. And I was like, I don't think – I think it's just from a half decade of trying to comb. Yeah, I, jet, I had the gel. I had it up like I wave. wanted to be Zach Morris, man. I... What are your thoughts on the whitewashing of Mark Paul Gosler? What do you mean? He's half Asian. <laughs> I didn't know that. You didn't know that? I thought he was like Swedish. No, he's half Asian. And that's just like, isn't that wild? That That's a 90s thing. It was like, you know what? Hey, this is Saved by the Bell. We're going to have a diverse cast. Look at Lisa Turtle. But we really like this actor for Zach Morris, the lead. Ooh, he's half Asian. Let's let's bleach blonde his hair and make sure that never comes up. Ever. <laughs> and not even, yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I could be wrong about that, but I don't think I am. That'd be a pretty weird thing to get wrong fact check that later but my favorite halloween episode is either um is either uh my so-called life Ooh, good one where they're in the gym they get locked in the school Mm -hmm. it's really good it's creepy great christmas episode too oh man yeah the homeless one i mean how often do you see homeless addressed in a sympathetic way yeah. In a network teen sick, evening sitcom. Not com, but dramedy. And drama. then my second choice would be uh, Freaks and Geeks, where they go trick-or-treating, and Sam gets egged by Lindsay. Well, Nobody I mean, thinks you're cool. from going Halloween episodes, I mean, let's take it back to, like, the whole franchise, create a franchise of Halloween episodes, the Simpsons Halloween of Horrors. Oh, well, yeah, those are... And specifically, I loved, loved, loved the extended uh, opening credits. And I thought as a kid, like, I loved meta comedy as a kid, basically because of the Simpsons, where they do, like, weird stuff, like, have Lisa Simpson, like, quote, or, like, refer- reference uh, Herman's head. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, uh, Lisa referenced Herman's head. Um, during this, like, you know, throwaway line, but the voice, I knew as a child that, oh my goodness, the voice of Lisa Simpson is on Herman's head, and my little Carson head exploded, because I was like, do you see? It was like they were talking to me. Mm-hmm. I was like, nah, I mean, that's the thing. It's just kind of, that's what they do. But the Treehouse of Horror episode, where they had a whole section of the cemetery that was the... Uh, the graveyard of shows. The that graveyard bombed. shows like Drexel's class, Drexler's class, Fish Hermes. Police, Fish Police. Whenever people are sarcastic, I'm like, recommend a cartoon. What's your favorite? I go, Fish Police. But I did love Fish Police. I know. I, I loved Gangsters. It. it was Fish Gangsters. It was like film noir fish animated, <laughs> and the voice, the the voice talent cast on that was pretty bonkers. Um, I forget what it was, but every time I look at it, there's full episodes on YouTube. I'm like blown away. It's really amazing. What else you got in that box? Is that it? Dude, what do I not have in this box? Oh. 
Since you start work tomorrow, you need a nameplate. This is my nameplate from... Some cubicle. It has the cubicle spears. Yeah, I don't know which one. Maybe WebSense? That's when you know you've had a lot of jobs. No, this is from 86, I think. This is from one of my tech support jobs. Tech support sucked balls and shaft. But did you know that if even if you have no computer experience, in four months we can get you ready for a career in tech support? Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh, found a mix CD? Oh, that is a photo CD. It's got pictures from our Disney vacation in 2006. Our epic... Me Disney and, mania is me what it says. Ph Phil Sharpie. Janelle and um, On a I... CDR. Phil Janelle and I all, we took a Disney cruise and we also went to Disney World. When I was working at Disneyland, we used my benefits. We got a crazy cheap Disney cruise and practically, and you get in free to the Disney parks out there. And then like half price or like 75% off the hotel rooms. It's crazy. So that was a trip. Disney cruise sounds amazing. I saw like pretty much a document. I gained like 30 pounds. That's a lot, even for you. Not, I don't think I gained 30 pounds. Probably gained like 10 felt pounds. like that. It felt like 30 pounds. You just ate the whole time. Not a bad place to quarantine if you had to. On a Disney cruise ship, it's like, oh no, COVID. I guess we better stay an extra two weeks on this island that Disney owns. That's a pretty safe place. But they might run out of food and everything. Yeah, but they can fish for it. Disney related? My partner's Federal Credit Union credit my debit card his partners that was that, that the disney that's credit the disney union? credit union yeah still a member um i think i still have an account there but my main account is my schools i switched over to schools first because mm -hmm. they had more branches no surprise that that disney ephemera is popping up worked at disney when did why why is disney a part of our life so much we went to disneyland a lot well not a lot like socal privilege well, we weren't, like, the people that had passes because we lived in San Diego, but we went, like, twice a year, like, birthdays, holidays. Yeah. Sometimes randomly. But, yeah, a lot of people. I think a few times. Because Dad got Navy SoCal. discount. Navy discount. A lot of people go to Disneyland. It's, like, a family ritual. But you took it beyond. But even as casual Disney fans, like, you would, like, read about disney we would read like the pre-internet list we would there's that one book that disney book the unauthorized one. Oh yeah mouse tales mouse tales i have both of them where it's like did you know that the one of the ships you know one of their cleats for one of their slow little boats that traveled around the tom Sawyer island like you know got too taut in a one of those what are those called one of those knuckles on the pier just got Smash the cleat ripped off. The cleat ripped off and just like put a hole in some dude. Yeah. Whew. Loved reading about that as like an elementary schooler, didn't you? That happened later. Later. Not in elementary school, but I then I but I read like the you I remember you we would have like the official Disney guides and like the books and We had really Disney good. down to a science. We would know like what rides were coming. I remember we were scouting like when they were building Splash Mountain. I can't wait love going on there pulled some random cards theme parks coming up out of no, your knots this what is this a halloween haunt trading card yeah they made trading cards for halloween haunt since 1973 this is from the back of the card 
Not Scary Farm has been the eminent force in terror. Each year has brought its own unique visions of horror. Face your fear and enter the mazes of Halloween Haunt. Vampire Queen, that's the name of the maze. No, that was a character. It's a character. Considered the best haunt maze of all time. Oh, it is a maze. Dominion of the Dead. Well, the, the best. The character in the maze. R.I.P. It was from 95 to 1999, so we were there. I like Nightmares as my personal favorite. Which one was time. the gothic one? That Dominion. was Dominion of the Dead. That's this one, but what does it look like? What was in it? Was it was it... like a vampire goth. But it had the wall guy, right? That was Nightmares. Oh. Yeah. Whatever one. The, the Nightmares wall. had like the star room with the guys on the wall. It also had the room with all the hands on the curtains. Or maybe that was Dominion of the Dead that had the hands on the curtains. It was always scary to walk down that hallway. No knots this year. No any no haunted shit this year. No, obviously you're a movie fan, so it's like no surprise that there are movie tickets. But I would just, you know, I've just kept the movie ticket stub from Ted. Saw it on a Friday. I walked out. You walked out of Ted? Yeah. Why'd you walk out on Ted? I didn't like the movie, and also there was the most people ever talking behind me. A guy, multiple people. I don't know why I have that stuff. I honestly have no idea. To remind you of how crappy it is to watch? Did I actually keep Ted? I did keep that. Why did I keep that? Why is that there? Where'd you get that? I don't know. It was probably like just on your... It's boxing. Do I have better movie stubs? Um, June 2011, Super 8, Sneak oh, Peek. There you go. Arclight, what was that like? Dope. Probably famous people in that one. Um, you had one for The Gray? <laughs> you saw The Gray in theaters? Yeah, sure. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson, totally. That was like a bad, that was like in February. There's nothing out during that time of year. Uh... Saw one in 3D. You sprung for 3D. I thought you hate 3D. You saw Hugo. I saw that with you. Oh, this is in Modesto. Yeah. Holy shit. We saw we saw that over Thanksgiving when we were Thanksgiving in Modesto. Yeah. We were wanting to do for about half a decade. <laughs> we spent a lot of time in Modesto. I dated a gal whose family lived in Modesto. They had an amazing family and it was just like we we're just kind of like our mom's in the midwest we're holiday orphans and it's like come the best place to holiday orphan. come to modesto man could you imagine like quarantine quarantining in modesto that pad that'd be cool that'd be dope that'd be fun i'd probably turn into an alcoholic totally that was one of those places i, I wish i had spent more thought on that because the uh the mom when we, you know, when we, we get there, it's like, oh, we're here for Thanksgiving weekend. Sometimes we'd be there for, like, uh, you know, Christmas. They're like, oh, what beer do you like? And I was like, I didn't know how loaded the question was. Because I was like, oh, um, I don't know. Luckily, I had a good answer. I was like, oh, Blue Moon. And then, like, every single time, like, ever after, it was like, hey, welcome back to Modesto. Hey, yeah, so there's, like, a 24-pack of Blue Moon, because I know you love it. <laughs> yeah. So be careful when hosts ask you what, what beer you prefer, because you might get a lot of it. Blue Moon was a good choice. But then I'd have to be like, oh, thanks for the Blue Moon, but um, do you have any oranges? Because I can't drink it without <laughs> a thinly sliced orange. That's how you drink a Blue Moon, right? 
Brendan, I'm surprised you didn't um, drop your hits, hipster cred about Blue Moon. Oh. Your, your bottlehead cred. Well, we drank Blue Moon. That was you. Man, you we were... were drinking Blue Moon before it got bought by Coors. We were, we were, we were, we were buying it in Midwest when it was still a regional beer. You were the one that told me about it. Brent, Brent. Oh, Brent. Brent Campbell. Brent has good beer taste. Frank, you got some business cards. He's a toy maker. Toy maker. Frank Kozik. Getting, getting a free shout Artist. out. And then, because it's Boxing Day, well, I don't know, did they play stuff? Oh, this is, there's always a story behind one of these. What was this? Oh, this band? Uh, this was from the first night of Smodcastle. The first night? Prima Nocta, the debut. Well, I'm glad that... That's why I have a wristband. It's oh, it's an unaltered, unstuck wristband. How many moves has this thing survived? It's from 2010, so like quite a, f a few. That's pretty awesome. And then there's a... How would you describe this? It's a Darth Vader pen keychain with a skoosh thingy on the end. That's an, It's a Darth Vader. It's a pen. I didn't even know it was a pen. Oh, you push down on the koosh. It was Darth Vader. I think I was a freebie at Comic-Con. Oh, well, are you so good you have it? And then, maybe we need to do this as a special episode. There's an SD card. I don't know what's on that. Four gigabytes. Is your sex tape on here? Yeah. Multi-use, so it could be used for a sex tape and... It's probably for the 3DS. Cool. Cool. Any other items? I don't know what else you got. Oh, I there. brought this up because this is now something that belongs to my daughter. Oh, dinosaur. I think mom, that came in a box of mom's stuff. You know how mom just sends you random stuff? Yeah, she goes to like Goodwill. So this this squeezy dinosaur that when you squeeze its eyes I pop actually out. looked forward to mom's birthday boxes of random stuff. Oh, but it's broken. Like all the eyes are half broken. Little T-Rex. Yeah, and then I thought it would be appropriate to bring. <laughs> I'm getting kind of itchy, and I realize this is a mistake now, because I brought something that I found downstairs next to where your your stuff was stored. This is your relic. This is one of my relics. But it's dangerous. Yeah, this is a uh, this is my wife's thermos, a much beloved st stainless steel thermos uh, from a project she managed. Um, it's got like the name of the, it's, so it's like a, uh, you know, customized thermos she bought for like her coworkers and herself. It's kind of, Hey, we finished this like three year project, but a couple months ago, I was like, you know what? It's time for me to go, you know, fight these fascists. I guess you could say I'm against fascists, which I guess makes me Antifa. So I, I guess that's me. Um, but all I know is the federal police were about a mile down the street and uh you know beating people and i was like hey, what's going on here oh there's tear gas again we're doing this again so i brought a thermos because i'd see some youtube videos of dudes dropping thermoses and thermos sealing them and shaking them diffusing them be like what so i was like well if they do that i got this thermos so i went down there and it was around after midnight which is when the bad stuff uh happens people get crazy and sure enough you know, uh, yeah, I want to be very transparent. Yeah, a fire was lit in the street. A fire was lit on the concrete steps of a very large building. 
I'm just there as an observer, just checking stuff out. And then pff, here comes a wall of feds shooting tear gas. And it's like, moment of truth, there's some tear gas there. And you got shot with a non-lethal. I, I went to go, you know, put this, this, I picked up a tear gas canister. They are extremely hot. I had leather gloves on and still got a blister on one of my fingers. And it's, it's spraying, spraying its you know the cs gas out of there i dropped wearing it. a mask i got a i got a cloth mask on but the ski goggles made all the difference but it's coming out so hot and fast i couldn't get the seal on so i use it as like a jailai like you know like i just like <laughs> like i'm in tron but with tear gas and i huck this thing away from the protesters and by then i had inhaled some and the cs gas here's what they don't say it, the first time it happens to you you think you're gonna die because like you can't breathe everything stings and burns but if you get out of the gas and get a couple of breaths, you can kind of recover if it doesn't get in your eyes. And so I had taken a few steps and recovered. Now this thing's still kicking off smoke, but, you know, it's, a, it's like a few yards away. So I go put it in, seal it up. I'm like, oh, I got my trophy. I'm going to tell my grandkids that when I was on the front lines and I was there fighting fascists and I got shot in the back. And then I look up and there's like six to eight just in full gear federal riot police coming at me telling me to get out of the park and it's like a cloud i'm in a cloud of cs gas and they're come, they're walking towards me and i just walk with my hands up as fast as i can in the other direction and just walk you know the mile home just with this little guy in there but then i get close to my house and it's like whoa shit i got a semi-active tear gas can and so I stop at like a apartment building we used to live at that has a water feature, and uh, I open it up and a puff of CS gas comes out and I, you know, diffuse it in there. It's been living in my basement ever since. And I've been thinking about I got a I got a a friend who does metal work that I give him this and some other pieces of the protest that maybe he can sculpt it together into something. But that's what I dug up from bot for Boxing Day. And yeah, got shot by a non-lethal round and couldn't want my ass for a couple of weeks because the bruise was so bad. And this was like two months ago, and you can still see the bruise. Those things, whew. I got shot with a beanbag. It hurt. Doesn't feel good. What were you doing to deserve a I was bag? running from the cops at the 2000 Democratic National Convention because I want to see Rage Against the Machine. And I did see Rage Against the Machine, but what does it was... that smell like? Smell that. Oh. It smells like freedom. Ugh. I can... It burns a little bit still. I thought I... I've been soaking it. I don't know if it was worth getting shot with a beanbag to see. I mean, I saw Rage. It was cool. I got shot, and uh, I did not get to see Rage Against the Machine. But yeah, man. I mean packing up that's what we had to do to get you well, up here yeah it was a keys house and then you were like all right i'm coming down so what was that like for you that i mean getting on the plane and covid yeah so it's like it's covid i never spent the night away from my daughter um man he gave you a lot for me well you're my bro the only one i have as far as i know um and of course, and I tell you what, man, after like a, a year and change of um, parenting and work from home, 
I couldn't get away from that baby fast enough. You did me a favor, bro. It was like a vacation. Are you kidding me? <laughs> get away from the, get away and out of the house, away from work. Well, I was actually working on the road a little bit. Like we, after you know, we were on the road, I had to, you know, log some hours. But how, what? It was frightening as hell. But it was kind of like, there's so many ups and downs because when you were missing, I just had so much empathy for, and even when you were missing and not found, you were you were not an unmissing person yet. You were just a missing person. I was thinking like, there are people that are never found, and there are people and family members, people that love other people, that have to live with this uncertainty for years, decades, and once you start wrapping your brain around how awful that feels you start finishing the story and it's like well i guess he's missing or you know and then you start to think like i would rather know the worst has happened than to continue with the opacity of this uncertainty mm -hmm. of just missing but where is he the car's the car's there no the car's gone cuz you're living in it Keith, uh, like the second or third time he went down to check out your place, he called us on the phone and we were kind of on speaker. It was kind of crazy. It was like a sting operation. He's like, I'm here. Knock, knock, knock. And we hear his wife, you know, calling for you. And, and I realize I'm on the phone. I'm like, well, what if, what if Keith gets in and, and you're, you're donezo. You're in the bed and your phone's been next, plugged in next to the bed. And that's why it's been going off and on because it's been charging or I don't know. And then I realized one time when I'm, when I'm this phone call and he's on speaker and he's like, well, should I open the door? Should I kick it in? I was like, yeah, we need to know. And like, you know, you're doing all these like calculations like, oh no, but the deposit, that's gonna suck. But it's like, we need to know something. They kicked it in and then it's like, there's no Brendo. Um, and that is like a relief, but how much of a relief is it? It's like, well, he's not found He's not found dead in his house, so he's out lost in the world. And so that's a new kind of panic. And then there was also a kind of, you know, he was on speaker, Rebecca was on the phone too. And he's like, yeah, you know, it doesn't look like he's here. And Keith's wife is an amazing detective. Where I'm like, well, because uh, she, she, she like found like your car registration, so like that's how we got your license plate number and stuff. Yeah, I was wondering how you got my license plate for number. the uh, stuff, and you know, and she was just like spot on. Like we go, he, you know, try try around this side, and oh, it's not locked. You know, we, you know, she was amazing. Keith was amazing, but then like you know, later on that night, Keith like messaged me while I was talking to him. He's like, yeah, I don't know, like Brendo's place looked really bad. Like, you know, like I've had my challenges with depression and it's one of those things where you look around you and it's like, oh, you know, my, my living space. You know, when I think of Boxing Day, I think of like, there was like six years in my 20s where I would spend one year, two years, three years in places and I would never unpack. And I remember getting to your house and I was like, well, we got to pack up and like, the, the house proper didn't look so tore up. I was expecting, like, you know, like, a scene from, like, seven. <laughs> um, but there was a lot of stuff in boxes already. Yeah, because I, I had already packed up stuff. 
when the house got flooded, I never bothered to unpack it. How long was some of the stuff in boxes? Like a year. A year. I spent years in, in a box. Or you just realize, like, if I don't... Then there know, was other stuff I just had, like, boxed up. Just boxed up. You're like, how much, how much love am I feeling for myself if I've been living for three years on an air mattress? You know what I mean? Sometimes you just have to do that. You know, don't get me wrong. I love that. I think it's a Bill Burr meme where it's like, you know, living off futons, not depressing, you know, waking up in your 40s on a queen size bed, sleeping next to someone you want to, <laughs> you don't love anymore because you didn't chase your dreams is depressing. Um, but, you know, I've kept stuff in boxes for years and, when I got to your place, I was kind of like, yeah, I mean, I can see it. And it w- was, the, the bathroom was scary. <laughs> it was, to put a light spin on it, it was like the bathroom from Train Spotty. <laughs> I know you're nervous, but this is how dark it was. This, to me, was like how serious it was because we had gotten a plumber to fix the sink and we're like and I was like I hadn't even been in there when we when we got to your place and the plumbers the plumber was like yeah we can snake the sink but we can't touch that toilet till you guys do something about it and the rim was broken off it was caked over with what you don't want a toilet to be caked over with um and you know it was like well let's get this fixed um I guess now on a podcast, I get to say, you know, I got down on my hands and knees and cleaned your filth. (laughs) And you're laughing at that? It's pretty rough. Because, well, here's here's the funny. It's like, oh, and and the you know, not having the toilet seat (laughs) was a problem because it was like, well, let's fix this problem, Brendo. And like we would go to Target in a heat wave. It was like 110 yeah, degrees. Yeah, so it was like 110 degrees, and it was just like awful. And it's like, we're in a fever dream. It's still COVID. I'm like, this Target is so fucking crowded. There's so many people in Southern California. I forgot that, like, even just going to the store is like an ordeal. And it's like, okay, toilet seats. We found it. And we get back, and it's like, this is an extra long toilet seat. So now it's like, uh, well, we're, we're two brothers. We're sad. We don't want to cook. And we've been eating, like burritos and in and out and so like i was like well i guess it's my turn to go squat over this toilet that's now clean but doesn't have a toilet seat and i blew up the toilet seat i cry i shit all over it and then i had to clean up my poop (laughs) i was like man like 24 hours ago i was cleaning up my bro's poop off his toilet seat and now i'm moaning shit on the floor (laughs) it was a shitty situation man yeah, I just didn't. I just was so depressed. I didn't care about my bathroom. I didn't care about anything. How? But it's like, was that part of like? I was kind of like trying to put myself in your shoes, where I'm like, sad. I'm scared. I don't want to leave the house. I'm broke. And then it's then it becomes like almost like in Look Who's Talking too. Like the 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 dirty the the bathroom becomes like a monster. It's like rather than face that monster. And clean, start to clean my soul. I'm just gonna get out of here. Was that a part of it? I mean, part of it. I knew my. I was the other thing. My apartment was fucked. Like I was like everything's fucked. Everything is fucked. Like. So that that's what leads to the uh, shopping around. 
now we're out of there. It was, it was hard. It was hard for me to leave. It was a hard decision to make. I mean, it seems like such an obvious decision, but I mean, that's like leaving, like, I lived my whole life in Southern California, except for like a few years where I went to school in the Midwest. And that time you lived in China. And that time I lived in China. Yeah. But other than that, I've been so cowboy. You got the wrestling community. And the wrestling community is so huge for me. Like that Keith. was. Get and, to Mexico if you needed to to go to these Lucha Libre. Okay. Yeah, I and I and and I had a lot. I, like the wrestling was such a big deal for me, but it's one there is no wrestling right now, and who knows when it's going to come back. And two, like that was still just an escape from the reality that is my life, and I need to deal with my life. And and you know, Keith's still my friend, and he'll always be my friend, and. And he understands, you know. Well, I think being in my 30s as opposed to being in my 20s, I think in my 20s I'd have gone in with that, like, I'm a fixer. I'm a man. I fix things. Let's go in. Let's rescue you. Get you out to Portland, in and out. But this time around, I mean, and we talked about this, is like we didn't have a plan when I got there. We didn't. We spent at least a day or two just getting cleaned up, cleaning the toilet, not putting the toilet seat back on it, sullying the toilet again, <laughs> my bad, bro, cleaning it again, boxing stuff up, because we, we, I mean, was like, okay, well, day one, we're getting out, or, you know, we're coming up. We didn't really have a plan, but when we started weighing the options, what were we balancing? Well, we were also thinking about where I'm going to get health care from. And, like, I'm going to say this right now. Getting health care in California is a giant... Like, if you don't have insurance, even if you have insurance, it's hard. But if you don't have insurance, it's fucking rough. It's rough. It took us, like, half a week just to get you a phone appointment. And that was playing, like, a lot of cards. Like, he was 50 fun 50. We have a history. He's off his meds. So, like, it took uh, escalating, putting on your Karen hat for a minute and being like, do you know who I am? Yeah. I'm Brendan Creasy's brother. He is seriously depressed. Let me read you his credits. (laughs) 5150. Good thing you had some good credits um, for depression. Off his meds. um, Suicide attempts. attempts. He's made plans, yeah. But, like, even then... So the the thing was, if I if I wanted to, if I was in order to get medical, I would have had to wait. It takes like thirty days. Even if I, if I got approved, it would take thirty days to start, and so like I'd have to stay in California. This should not dissuade you from trying and calling because For sure. what you find out is there are clinics that know this. Yeah, there's so there are clinics where they know what they can do for you as the paperwork process is doing yeah. it so we were able to get him seen we got, virtually we got a prescription a days, we got the prescription filled but this was like but then it was like well now we're in Oregon and and the prescriptions cost hundreds th- hundreds and hundreds of dollars one drug that i'm taking one of the drugs is only like 30 bucks cuz it's like off the it's there's there's a generics of it the other one is new on newer on the market there isn't generic version it's eight hundred dollars. I'm getting itchy from that canister. Why did I bring that up? <laughs> Jesus, dude. 
Feels good though. Reminds me there's still work to be done. But you know, I was pleasantly surprised that you know got to Portland and it was like boom. Portland, we get to Oregon and it's like I get approved for OHP Oregon Health Plan over the phone, um, and I they send me to an urgent clinic, an urgent mental health clinic that gives me a prescription right away and sets me up with a primary care doctor to get ongoing care. So we get the prescription filled. I got my meds. They're free. They're totally free. With the OHP. I remember when we went to pick up your prescription at Freddy's. That's Fred Meyer. It's like the Pacific Northwest owned Target. You'll come to love it if you ever come visit. Um, but we were at Freddy's, and it was kind of like I had to hang by you by the pharmacy counter because I think we were both like skeptical of like, there's no way we're going to get free drugs yeah. from Oregon. And we did. I mean, they're not free taxpayers, but I mean, the other thing is, it's like we caught a good streak of good service. Sometimes, you know, if you had caught, if you had called someone on a on a worse day, or if you had called someone and it's like someone who maybe is checked out that day, maybe we don't get that done. There's just a note that like, if you need something and you give a number of call that you've heard good things about, and it ends up like being complicator you hit a wall try again i mean yeah you got to keep trying because it's it's so easy because i remember back in the day if things got too i remember dealing with kaiser at one point i just gave up and i stopped my care and that was bad that's what they want you to do because it was like i was having to drive like 45 minutes just to go to the psychiatrist and that got tedious and then they moved offices and they lost my records and then I had to do all this shit over again. And it's a lot of shit to deal with in our system, but it's it's what you got to do to get help and it's worth it. Um, like right now I have an appointment for a counselor. I've been seeing a psychiatrist. I've been seeing a doctor. I've been doing all that stuff. That's right. You've been mailing your poop away to labs. <laughs> You didn't. I. This is this was new to me, man. It was. I don't know if this is like just how labs do it, or if there's like a COVID thing. But need need some blood work. Brendo's like, oh man, they need a stool sample. But they just gave him an envelope. You have to describe this. It was an envelope with some brushes and some garbage bags in it. They're like, go home, poop in this bag, and then you scrub no, it you, with this. You poop in the toilet, and then you brush the poo with the brush. Man, you, we should have gotten that done. When we were cleaning your bathroom, we could just like brush the toilet. It's like poop's there. You're like you call them back. Like, so there's some poop I have access to right now. Is, is there like an expiration date? Because this could have been like two weeks ago. It could have been last night. It could be my brother's. So that was the other. It, it was freaking me out because like see you, now this is Radio Brendan Man because we're talking about poo because we talk about poo a lot on the older episodes. Well, I mean, if you put poo in the mail, you gotta talk about it. But it's like. It wasn't the poo, it was like the water. It was mostly water. But then it's like, this is in our mailbox, which is just pinned to our mailbox, like, overnight. So, like, people are walking. I'm like, don't don't brush up against the mail. You'll get my brother's poo on you. Man, poop in the mail. You think it's going to get there with the state of the post office? I hope so. I need those results. Need those results. Or that's going to make you come in and poop in a cup. Dude, do you want to... I don't know. You guys want to hear this story, but 
uh, I got a crazy story about having to provide a stool sample. Okay. This is going back to the late 80s, early 90s. And we were at like some sleepover. I think it was at the Carols or something. And I'm having one of my episodes of just nonstop farting. You had like bad, you had some gas problems as a kid. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which I've, it turned out, didn't you have like, they found out you had like a bubble in your something? I don't know. And I've talked to medical people about that, that, the way they described it. Like, you could have like scar tissue in, in, in one of your whatevers. And I'm like, oh, like I ate a bad crustio. <laughs> And now I fart all the time. But it was, like, ridiculous. I would, like, be in class in, like, fourth grade and just, like, nonstop farting to the point to where, like, I thought it was, like, a superpower. Where it was, like, my goodness, I can, like, disrupt the teacher's game plan. Sorry, Miss Knutson, because I can just fart pretty much on command. When I was having an episode, I was like, well, I can't do anything. It's just, like, I'm farting. I have to. And she was like, Carson, go take a walk. So then I was like, well, this is cool. I gotta go, like, take a walk for everyone. Just, just toot, toot my little, my little fourth grade booty at the opportune time, and you know, I, I get a little time to myself to reflect on um, my favorite Jim Lee's X Men cards. I don't know what I was doing in fourth grade. Great series of X Men cards. So this cl- kids didn't laugh at you when you were farting. They laughed with you. I didn't care as long as there was laughter. <laughs> <laughs> Who cares? I mean that, that yeah who cares um i just thought it was funny but yeah you bring up a good point is like it wasn't like there are certain kids where it's like oh they farted but no you you become the fart kid i guess i had enough social clout in the fourth grade that people were just like dude that, that fart stuff you did uh amazing so amazing. this led to you going to the doctor Went to the doctor. Yeah, they took me, and it must have been a holiday. What did you just tell mom? I'm farting too much. Dave, it was more like it was more like I think it was like Mrs. Carroll like called our mom, <laughs> and then it's like oh, it's a holiday, so I had to go to, and this is kind of key. I had to go to like not a hospital, but like intensive care, urgent care, urgent care. So it's like not the family doctor. I went to urgent care, and it's kind of like you know I'm I'm in I think fifth or sixth grade right now fifth maybe sixth grade can't be after sixth grade because my dad's there and that's when he died so dad's there it's just me and him and we go see the doctor and they're like talk to me about it and they're like you know do the general questions like well we need a stool sample i'm like oh it's no big deal like i've peed in a cup before uh guess i'll uh poop in a cup and they're like no um have to get it rectally i'm like what and my dad's in the room right as he should be but this kind of makes it weirder because i've talked to as an adult decades later to medical professionals about this and i explained what happened so like yeah we need to get a stool sample so um you know don't be nervous but you know um you know i don't know how you describe this to you know a 10 or 11 year old but they're like i'm gonna you know insert my thumb into your anus and you know it's gonna come out with a stool sample doctor with a young boy and his dad in the room was like yeah is it cool we need we need to get your kids poo i'm gonna stick my thumb in your kid's butt and that's like i'll be honest i'd never been penetrated before okay so here (laughs) here is this doctor taking my digital digit my digital v card with his thumb and my dad's in the room because i remember they put me on the side and like i'm looking at my dad 
you know, but like it's it's weird like now like my head's on the side, my dad's sitting straight up, <laughs> and there's this doctor behind me with his thumb in my ass telling me to relax. Did you cry? I didn't cry, but I was just like, what? And then it's kind of like, because, okay, yeah, so it was a medical experience, but, I mean, having a, what, I don't know, I mean, there's a reason, butt stuff is great. There's a reason why the kids these days are going crazy about eating ass, but it's like, did it feel good? No. I mean, there's an adult man's thumb up my butt and my, my you know, this is crazy. I had to get a rectal exam, but mom and mom was there, but she left the room. <sighs> but then it's like, you know, I get out and they're like, oh, well, we don't know what it is. We'll check for blood. Now that we got that poop. I was like, the whole time, like, why, why didn't they just let me poop in a cup? Why didn't they just let me poop in a cup? Um, and then it's kind of like, uh, I remember getting in the car with dad and our dad wasn't super talkative all the time. But I remember like, I have to break the ice. I have to break the ice. And I said this to my dad as we're driving home. I was like, you know what, Dad? After that, I don't think I'm gay. <laughs> that was a weird thing to say. And my dad kind of laughed, um, just equating a thumb in the ass. Because, I mean, <laughs> well, man, I'm not in that gay stuff. You know, like getting your getting a, getting getting thumb fisted with your dad in the room. That's You know what I mean? It was weird. It's a weird, <laughs> th- weird concept. Um, but also, because I wanted to, like, that's what I chose to tell my dad. Obviously, I had a fear that my dad would think I would be gay. Because, you know, our dad was a great guy, conservative guy. And you and I talked about, we've had conversations where dad would talk about, like, I knew some homosexuals in the military. They disgusted me. Yeah. And so, like, this was the gayest, well, no, we used to, like, bend over and look at our butts as small children. But this is some of the gayest <laughs> shit I've ever done. Uh, having an older, you know, medical daddy thumb <laughs> me. Um, and yeah, that was weird. And it, it kind of, you know, I talked to like, you know, some nursing friends. I'm like, and I tell them this and like, oh, dude, I think you got molested. Like, that's weird. This weird power trip is like, watch this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna finger this, this, this man's son in front of him and get paid hundreds of dollars an hour to do it. But it's like, there's gotta be better ways to get stool samples from children than fingering them. Mailbag. Let's go to mailbag and get that. Ugh. But anyway, yeah, man, I, I box that up for a while. But you know, it's something I've talked about before. But how did we get to me? Oh, poop! I mailed my poo. Uh, I would have. Why didn't I get one of those? As a ten-year-old, is what I'm saying. <sighs> so that was Boxing Day. Boxing up my life and moving to Portland. Moving to Portland. Next week's chapter. The fires had started. Fires had started. The world's burning. I had flown down. and But we didn't really encounter much fires because we were driving through. We drove around them. Yeah. Off the five. But they eventually closed the five for a short bit in Ashland, right on the Oregon border. But whew. Yeah, enough butt stuff. What, 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 what fun segment do we want to do? To, uh, to sweeten, sweeten, sweeten the landing. Of chapter three. Rad dad, bad dad? Let's do bad dad, rad dad. Okay. So what's your bad dad? Um well this this was, you know, NFL Sunday. I'm a big Seahawks fan. We had the Sunday night game that just ended. Seahawks squeaker needed a late game stop and I realized I was doing the whole like you know, 
Brendan's there, Uncle Brendo's there, my wife's there. She's not as big, but it's like, I was, you know, the kid's kind of crying, mom's kind of tired, and I'm just like, there's nine seconds left! <laughs> you were doing it. I didn't expect to be that dad, but apparently I'm a, there were nine seconds left, just, can you just watch the brat for nine more seconds? I gotta make sure this defense gets to stop. And they did, and I'm a good dad again. It's good for you. It's good to be a good dad. That's funny because my good dad was that you... Rad dad. Rad dad was that you and Lil watch a lot of football together. Or at least you used to pre-COVID. You would take her down to the... I think this makes me both bad and rad. But I think it's rad. In context, I live 100 steps away from a bar where everybody knows our name. Uh, it's a we, great bar, and it's like a you know. And you don't have you don't have cable. You don't have we live don't have TV. Cable. Well, we didn't then. We do now, thanks to YouTube. And now you have YouTube TV. Don't touch my eyes after the hand me that. Um, but yeah, I mean, she would get you know when we were both on leave and she was like a newborn. I would take her down there, you know, because you need to get some germs for her to build up antibodies. I thought, what better way than this? The Sookies bathroom. Shout out Sookies. Shout out to Sookies. They lit a candle at the bar when I was like, you know, we were like on our way to the hospital. I'm like, hey, light the candle. We, you know, we're, we're having a baby. Um, but yeah, I would take her there. And that'd be funny because it reminded me of like that Reese Witherspoon Hope Floats line where she's like going home and she's hanging out with one of her high school friends. She's like, you bought your baby in a bar. And I'm like, that's me. Always bringing my baby in a sports bar. We'd take her to trivia night. She, we'd be, I'd, I'd play trivia, and there'd be whole tables of teams, and I would, like, place with just me and a baby. I like that you have your Seahawks hat, and she has her Seahawks hat. We're matchy-matchy. And hopefully that will continue that she'll, like, she's not into watching football, really, now. She's not into watching much of anything for more than 90 seconds, other than Japanese wrestling. <laughs> Well, we did some pop culture. That's what we were watching this week. Vibes. And Japanese wrestling. And Japanese wrestling. Um, well, we got on board for the next chapter. Tease this chapter. Get out of here. Uh, next chapter. What did you call it? Oh, yeah. Chapter chapter four. We're going back to high school. We're going back to follow the, the path of depression. The it's, lifetime. it's happier. It's happier. You Because know, it's not always. You know, there are. This is probably peaking. Definitely a peaking. Peeking, we we're peeking a little bit from the middle school years, uh, but there was an incident that we were both involved in that led to one of my first visits to a mental health counselor. Yes, not related to the death of my father. Um, and we're just gonna call this episode. You have to tune in, tune in next week to hear it. But uh, to find out, why. chapter four, the nudie bin. <laughs> hmm? That could mean a lot of things, but we'll find out next week. Love you, bro. Love you, bro. I love this dinosaur, bro. Love and you. I love you, bro. Love you, bro. I love you, bro. Love you, bro. I don't believe you. Love you, love bro. Love you, bro. I believed at that time. <laughs> Nailed it.